Welcome back to this week's episode of Bricks and Clicks. Today, Colin and I are joined by Ryan McKenzie, who is the CMO and co-founder of True Earth. Now, True Earth is an amazing product and the research we've been doing. It's blowing my mind looking at it. Ryan, we're really excited to have you on. I'll let you tell us what is True Earth, so I don't want to steal your thunder here. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, True Earth is a consumer goods brand that was built with the intent of eliminating plastic waste or single-use plastic waste from the home. And the Hero product or the first product that we launched and were most widely known for is our laundry detergent strip, which is essentially an ultra-concentrated strip of laundry detergent that replaces like liquid laundry detergent or pods or powder and comes in a recyclable sleeve, like an envelope packaging. And like the total contents of 32 loads of laundry is like roughly like the size of a cell phone. I don't happen to have a package with me right now, but yeah. That's all right. Good thing we're not on video, but just looking on the website and looking at the product, I haven't tried it, but it seems remarkable, right? Like even how much space it takes up compared to a big tub of laundry detergent, how it just dissolves. I got to ask, is it's just as effective? So you just put in one little strip and it works like a couple pods in your laundry? That's funny that you asked that because that is probably like the biggest question is that like, does this actually work? And when we originally... (laughs) When we it looks like magic. Started, yeah. When we originally started this, that was like the very first thing that I thought too. was like, there's no way that like a strip that size is going to wash as effectively as the stuff you normally use. And we actually, before we started the brand, we brought some men from manufacturing plant and we're like, I'm not exactly a, con- I wasn't exactly a connoisseur of clean, but I had my wife <laughs> in our particular relationship is the connoisseur of clean. She validated that it was indeed cleaning as well as what we were using before. But that is the biggest question that people have. Does it clean as well? and Or does it clean my clothes? And I guess at the end of the day, the answer is like, there's a lot of liquid in liquid laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you look at like the way that you measure laundry detergent, it's very misleading. There's like all these different lines inside yeah, the lid. And I think the statistic is like something like the average person overdoses their laundry detergent by like 33%. Even if liquid is a little bit, a little less expensive you're probably using considerably more than you think you are when you wash your clothes and you're using more than you actually need to get the same result. Get some cleaner though, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't need to get into the science of why it works. <laughs> I, there's a few things that of daily activities that really upset me. And one is buying laundry, laundry detergent because I don't drive a car around, so it's heavy. So it's, if I'm buying laundry detergent, there's not a, a much else I can bring home. And then also the plastic jugs I hate. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy this online. But obviously shipping water is super expensive. So when you try and buy laundry detergent online, paying these huge markups, I also love a good deal. So I can't abide by paying these huge markups to ship the water around. So my just last week or two weeks ago, my fix was to go to Rainbow Grocery, this bulk, awesome bulk grocery store that allows you to fill up your own bottle from like a big bottle. They buy it in bulk. So I was like, okay, at least I reused the bottle, had my partner's car. So this is great. Now I'm really wishing I'd known this product existed because I could just got some of these shipped to me and never have to deal with the plastic again. Well, so, don't worry. We'll make sure that some land at your door and you won't have to do any heavy lifting and you won't have yeah. to go back to Rainbow Grocery with tip to tip and yeah try to not spill you got a funnel at least they've got a nice setup there's a funnel involved but uh well we also have a funnel it's a sales funnel on our website that you can click to <laughs> and you'll nice. get taken through it and you'll probably wind up with some so both ways work they both have yeah. funnels so the, with the detergent your first product i see you've got there's a lot of other cool products on your website as i was poking around actually a lot of very cool products was this the flagship item 
that that is the flagship our flagship hero item released like we we have some non-consumable items as well but we've like released a multi-surface cleaner one version of it's like disinfectant but it's only in canada because of a bunch of epa rules we have a regular multi-surface cleaner in the u.s we have a toilet bowl cleaner We've got a fabric softener that's it's soft launched in Canada and it's coming to the US soon. Again, more regulatory things that we have to get through before it can actually be released. And then we most recently released dishwasher tablets, but and it's like a Kit Kat format. So instead of by by conjoining them all, I guess, you can essentially fit approximately four times the number of tablets in the same space as your like traditional pods. So it's a huge space saver and it uses enzymes, so it uh, requires less volume of chemicals or the mass is lower as a result. And then not the big plastic jug as well that you're... Uh, no plastic. So how do I you... I got to ask, you said, yeah, I was going to say, like, you're not, you said you're not a cleaning connoisseur, this is not what you do, or it's not what you do now. How did you get into this? How did you come up with the idea? How did it start? Well, I am a cleaning Very connoisseur curious. now. As in, in fact, I was just featured in Home and Gardens magazine this oh, wow. week. Yeah, as a state. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, I've come a long way. But uh, originally, I had more of a marketing background. I used to be in the media space. I own. I was one of the owners of an outdoor adventure magazine, and I had experience going in with existing media companies, primarily print, that had digital presence, that were struggling to make that transition into kind of where does the where do the media companies go. And we would build like subscription boxes and subscription offers for these programs. And my business partner, Brad, or one of my, there's Brad and Kevin or the other two founders. He had a family friend who had invested in this patent or a company that owned the patent. And he knew that what we did. And he's like, hey, you guys should make like Dollar Shave Club for laundry detergent. And first thing that came to my mind on that was like, that's going to be expensive to there's, I don't know how the economics are going to work on direct response advertising on that. A few months went by and we were still talking about it. And I just thought high chance we get stepped on by one of the big guys. Yeah. But I started like, I've got three kids and my youngest wasn't born yet. And like we were watching Ryan's World with my two who are now a bit older kids. And they were like unboxing this treasure chest that was like wrapped in plastic and there was like 50 dopamine bomb, like surprise toys that were made of plastic in a plastic shell. And they were wrapped in plastic. And like, we were watching the show. Like, I can remember it like crystal clear. They unboxed this entire thing. And it was Ryan's World brand too. And there was like beside the treasure chest at the end of this video was like this heaping pile of plastic. And I was like, holy, that is a lot of plastic. And I was going through this phase with as a fairly new dad, like I was very anxious about the future for my children. Is global warming happening? Are we going to overpopulating this planet? Is there going to be enough food for them? Is chat GPT that, which didn't even exist yet, going to take their jobs from them? Like all of these things. I'm like, I knew chat GPT was coming, but, uh, like I, I was bitching about it quite a bit to other people. And I finally was like having a shower after watching that show. And I was like, seriously, everything, the entire headline, like everything, it like came into my head in the shower and I like texted it to Kevin and Brad. I'm like, I got it. This is what we're going to do. And Brad went in and ordered some inventory for the product and Kevin helped us put together the webpage. And we thought like, hey, we're, we can sell like a hundred subscriptions in the first month. We'll do this from the side of our desk. So maybe we'll get a seven figure business or something like that. And we wound up selling more than 1500 subscriptions in the first month. Like, wow. I, guess, I guess that beat forecast. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, How did yeah. you do that? What was the key in terms of getting in a month, getting 1500? Yeah. So that was before the Apple debacle of iOS 14.5 back in 2019, April 2nd, 2019 to be exact. 
And we launched with Facebook ads and day one was complete crickets. A friend of mine who I used to work with, I sent her the link and she randomly bought it. She was customer zero. And then the next day, the Facebook ads just randomly clicked and started taking off. And other than that, we also did a subscription box placement in the first month with a really good offer and started running Google ads, I think maybe a month later. So it was a really basic start. It's amazing. So really cool to see. It's really just based on the merits of the product itself, it sounds like. Like people saw it and immediately realized, yeah, this is great, just like Johnny and I did when we were prepping for this. Yeah. I I mean, it was very novel, right? So it's tougher to get something off the ground that, that, that isn't considerably different from everything else that's out there. So like different, new and different is generally better than new and better. It's just, it's human curiosity is a very powerful driver. And it works. That's the key too, right? Once once people got it in their hands, they're like, wow, this is cleaning all my clothes. And it's much more efficient. I can have it shipped to my house using it. I assume there's lots of subscribe and saves and people are just constantly getting that and not canceling. Yeah, that's incredible. How did you, when did you start making the move from clicks to the brick side of things and start getting into retail, making that journey? So like originally we had no intentions of going to retail. Like, like we thought huh. we were going to be D to C. The only experience that we had was Brad had some software company like 30 years ago and they went into retail and they got thrown in the, in the discount bin and, and I think it killed the business. So like mm-hmm. he wasn't super bullish on it. I wasn't super bullish on it. But then pretty quickly after these ads started going viral all over the place, we started getting like small retail reaching out, like independent retailers asking, hey, we'd love to carry this product. And we quickly made the decision like, oh, hey, this is fairly considerable demand without doing anything. So we put out a basic form and we started forming a small team and we started with small independent retailers. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to think who was the first, who was the first big retailer? I can't remember, but like bigger retailers started showing up and knocking, like even like Costco knocked on our door here in Canada before like the biggest retailers in Canada had come knocking and usually it's the other way around. And I did hear that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of volume. But we're just doing online. Like they, we were presented with an opportunity to go inline. We weren't sure how we wanted to proceed at that point. So we held back and we're just online. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you're the bell of the ball, then you get a little more, uh, more ability to decide when you play. But yeah. And when you do go into Costco, yeah, like figuring out what price point you want to be at, making sure you hold true in terms of managing that. Cause we see a lot of brands where they go into Costco first. Now that's setting your opening price point for the marketplace and you're just out mm-hmm. of whack, right? Cause everyone's going to price comp off of that. So being really diligent and careful. Around and Costco wants the price lowest point. price too, right? Yeah, they want the lowest price. They're going to take a little margin. So he's got to be very careful around that because everyone's going to anchor off that as you build totally. it out. When you were um, going into retail, coming from, like you guys had DTC experience, obviously, and you said retail was new. I know a common story we hear is, oh, there's all this trade spend, all these expenses we didn't see coming. Were you guys ready for that or did you get surprised and have the unit economics been as you transitioned? I'm not like super up to date on the most recent retail spend and whatnot, but I think Mm -hmm. because of how much we spend digitally already, like Mm -hmm. it's not really been an issue for majority of the people. Like as a whole, I would say that we're being approached more than we're doing the approaching. Like we have a BDM team now that that works with the big box guys, but When we first got into some of the bigger retailers, we were like literally dropping Facebook ads around every single location and doing awareness. And that was like, that was it. Like, obviously there's the costs associated with what they call the TPRs and stuff like that. But for the most part, like we've been lucky that I think, and again, I don't know the most recent data because I'm not really that intertwined with the retail side of things, but 
we've been lucky that because of what we do and how much we already spend, they're already seeing the demand capture opportunity versus needing to drive people to their source. So around that, I have a question on the Facebook targeted marketing. That's not in our scope at all in terms of what we do. How does that, like when you set that up, you know you're going to get into Kroger in Cincinnati and you set, you spend a lot of money in that area. Do you turn it off after a certain point? Do you keep it going? Are you able to measure the impact? What's a record? How do you handle that? How do you think about those targeted digital dollars? So the way I, the, really the way I look at it is, okay, so we're driving awareness, specifically density in particular regions. And as far as I'm concerned, like even if those people don't go and purchase from those particular retailers, they're inside of our like inside of our net of potential customers that we could sell to digitally. So at the end of the day, we may be diverting budget from say, I don't know, broad United States and yeah. we're diverting it to a three mile radius around a particular store. But we're still capturing audience either way. And there's not really a huge downside for us per se. And we don't, you don't need to spend a ton of money to build awareness in a small region. So it might just be a couple dollars a day, three, four dollars a day to saturate a region pretty quickly. How granular can you guys get with that? Are you going like zip code? Yeah, like zip code address, like the full address. And you can do it like quickly, just completely change gears. Yeah. One strategy that like take the whole retail location thing out of the equation here. But if you want to go, if there's like a trade show, like Expo West, and you don't, you can't make it for some reason because your kid's got a hockey game. My team's going to be there. But like, wait, you can go and so I could go and drop like a pin specifically on the the stadium or wherever it is in Anaheim. Disneyland. And then Disneyland, sure, wherever it is. Disneyland Stadium, roller coaster, whatever. And then I could go and put like negative pins around the entire geo, like I can negative geofence it so that I only am targeting people that are in that area. And then I could like give people a message, like come to my booth or, hey, did you, we can't make it to Expo, Expo West this trip. We have this great product that we think you're going to love. And only people that are in there. So I basically target every single person that's at Expo West um, without actually being there or give them an incentive to come to my booth. So there's, I know that this wasn't what you were asking me about, but no, like, no, I'm, is, I'm learning so much. So please, please keep talking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just from like hacking, you're yeah. going to keep going down this like hacking event perspective. Like you can go on like Twitter too, and like just bid on the events hashtag. So now when everybody, anybody that uses Twitter is going and looking up Expo West stuff, boom, you're at the top of the results. So like there, there's ways that you can like, I know like it's not traditional, traditional ways that people garner attention at these events. But it's probably a hell of a lot less expensive than having a booth. We're going to have a booth, but if you didn't have a booth, that's probably what I would do. <laughs> you can do the yes and approach. Do both. Yeah, do both. Yeah, you're going to make it look like you're there without being there, I guess. you just Yeah. And it's like you don't know how to target somebody that's an executive for, I don't know, like Fred Meyer or like, I don't know, whatever chain on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Mm. But a lot of these people still use other social media as like their social pastime. So you can interrupt what they're doing later in the afternoon and suck them into whatever activity that you might want them to do by virtue of using those ads. And so are these, this kind of hacking and targeting, is this usually built into the typical social media apps or are there other third-party services that you guys rely on to do this type of stuff or they give you all yeah, the Yeah, just made this whole thing up. Like, I don't think there's an app that does this. I don't think there's, maybe there's an agency that does this, but yeah. like on Facebook ads, you can, yeah. for location wise, you can go as granular as a zip code, but that's yeah. usually got like a one mile radius. So you put that and then in order to squish it down, 
you unput what's the opposite of inclusion exclusion you wrap you wrap you you, you drop exclusions all around to eliminate it so it's down to 100 square i don't know 100 square meters or 1000 square feet or 100,000 square feet very cool. You're, so you're going to be at Expo. Your team's going to be at Expo. You might be at Expo. I was wondering for companies that aren't food that are going to these type of trade shows, what are you demoing? Like, how does that work? Like, if we walk Expo all the time. We get samples. We get lunch. For thirst, we get some water. How do you demo this? What does that look like? Yeah. So I've partnered with a drink brand. And what we're going to do is we're going to trick you into thinking it's a fruit roll up. Perfect. And, no, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're actually it's a clean drink. It's a clean beverage. Clean. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're paying for they're paying for our booth so that we can trick people into uh, no we have we got a full booth and it's gonna have a number of our products on display I think we're gonna have, we're gonna have a couple other attractions that that are gonna be there but it's a pretty big booth like we spent we did it proper this time instead of just having like a backdrop like that we've got yeah, like yeah. a proper like full fancy setup I don't know how much it costs but it like probably more than my vehicle paid for the squishy carpet <laughs> to uh, save everyone's knees I hope. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'd be lying if I told you yes. Maybe we do. If you if your knees are sore, come to the True Earth booth and yeah, like uh, and relax on our squishy floor. But I'm pretty sure we will have samples that people can take home. Definitely gonna stop by. Yeah, me too. Yeah, say hi to who's gonna be there. Peter will be there. I think Sam will be there. Jacob will be there. Kyle, our director of marketing, will be there. I may be there. Probably, possibly, it's a mystery. Come find out. Now, this episode, I think, might be airing like, I don't know, this is like maybe the beginning of Expo when we're dropping this. I think they can um, the first day. Yeah. Morning. So who are the big people? If you could pick a couple buyers that you wanted to come by your booth, who would be your big ones? Man. Putting you on the spot uh, here. Yeah, um, or brokers. I don't know if you guys are looking for brokers or what you what are trying to get. I actually, I don't want to say somebody that we are actually already in a conversation with. Like basically anybody that's looking to offer more environmentally category specific products. I think one of the great things about our products is that the number of units in lineal feet, our value per lineal foot is like way higher than traditional yeah. product because we're getting like 12 products in the space of one. Maybe you don't believe in the product, but you can come and you can test it out and you only have to give up a tiny bit of square footage or lineal footage to, yeah. to evaluate the product. And the upside for us, like uh, as like a value proposition to some of these retail locations is that you don't need to move a lot to, uh, and, and you will, but you don't have to move a lot to keep up with the equivalent of other brands just because we get so much in this small space. So efficient, so efficient. And one thing I've noticed too in the, the detergent aisle, at least in my Safeway, I think other ones too, it's all behind like lock and key. If I want to get oh, tied, really? I have to ring the button, wait for the button, wait, that's ring a, it over I think again. that's a San Francisco thing. Yeah. And well, I think the, the tide is like very common theft like it's sold in the black market and sold in different stores and i'm sure you, people probably aren't doing that with true earth right now and so i was curious sounds like it hasn't has that ever come up in your conversations with buyers in terms of an advantage of tide is constantly being stolen no I, I no i haven't heard that but i did notice that exact same behavior in new york when i was there a few months ago i'm like man, i can't even buy a toothbrush without yeah. having somebody come over like this has got to be the least efficient store in america I don't know. It's crazy. I couldn't believe the items that were like $3 that were locked up. It's very frustrating to shop, which I'm sure it's more frustrating to have everything stolen. But from the consumer perspective, it's annoying. Totally. So speaking of the US, where are you selling right now in the United States? How's that gone? You started in Canada, moving down here. What's that look like? Yeah, we're a bigger company in the US than we are in Canada. We actually, we have an American Congrats. entity as well. But we're in Kroger. We're in Fred. Like I don't think we're in every Kroger. We're in Kroger, Fred Meyer. We're in Giant. 
in Pennsylvania were in all of Publix. There's so many stores. I, I can't even remember, remember them all, to be perfectly yeah. honest. It's, it, the expansion's happening incredibly quickly. And it's a long game compared to... I'd, I'd never realized how slow retail cycles are for like yeah. introducing products. Yes, it's slow builds. Mm -hmm. One door at a time, one retail chain yeah. at a time, one SKU at a time. But it's powerful. Like we were talking about it before we started recording. And I don't think every D2C product is a great fit for retail. But this particular category of products, 80% of it is purchased in retail. So by not being there, like it doesn't make sense to not be there. Why would you give up 80% of your potential market to own data? Yeah, could not agree more. There's just so many grocery stores out there and the category is obviously huge. So getting a piece of that and getting in all those stores, whatever, 50,000 stores across the United States and Canada going to quickly add up, especially at the, at the velocities that you are, that laundry detergent is, right? Because it's a staple. Everybody cleans. Hopefully. Got to. Uh, Hopefully. Maybe yeah. not, actually. That's yeah. probably, that's a claim that I probably can't back up. I'm sorry, FTC, yeah. please don't come after me. <laughs> Everybody should okay. clean. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and getting us up to speed on the True Earth laundry strips and all of your other exciting products. We will maybe see you at Expo or at your son's hockey tournament, TBD, TBD. TBD. And if people out there are looking to buy some of this and can't find it on their shelves yet, where can they go to find it? There's two easy places. You can go to www.tru. There's no E. tru.earth, E-A-R-T-H. There's also no .com. So the earth part is the equivalent of the the com or if you are an avid amazon shopper we are definitely on amazon to search for true earth awesome thanks so much ryan thank you so much for having me pleasure guys. to have you on and have a good thanks, rest ryan. of your day awesome thanks <laughs>